What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. President Donald Trump signed a new travel order this morning, temporarily halting entry into the U.S. by people from six predominantly Muslim countries. The directive aims to address legal issues with the original order, which caused confusion at airports, sparked protests around the country, and was ultimately blocked by a federal court of appeals. Our guest is Eric Larson, a Bloomberg News legal reporter. Eric, this news order, this new order, which is the first Trump has signed behind closed doors, addresses some of the legal concerns of the first, but it's still focused on Muslim countries. Will that be the basis of legal challenges sure to come? I uh, Most likely. We've spoken with uh, a range of different legal experts, professors, lawyers, uh, and they still continue to say that this is a disguised Muslim ban. Um, they did try to address, like you said, some some of the problems by taking out the exemption for religious minorities, which was perceived to be giving Christians uh, greater access to visas under this ban. Um, but there's still language in the in the order and in the analysis that was provided to the media that seems to uh, continue to single out various aspects of Muslim culture, including highlighting honor killings and providing a list of honor killings and other uh, types of uh, violence against women uh, that the president will be highlighting going forward. The last uh, time that the president did this, when he issued the initial executive order, there was a lot of chaos at the airports. Um, there have been some reports the White House, some in the White House wanted that chaos, although it's not really clear whether that's true or not, or if everybody agreed on that. But in any event, the um, the we now are going to have litigation to challenge this order, obviously, as we did on the last one. What kind of timing is there now for the implementation of this order, and what can we expect in the meantime? Well, it, it, it takes effect March 16th, uh, so there's some time. It's unclear whether or not uh, anyone who wants to sue has to wait until then. Uh, they, may, they may be able to sue tomorrow. It's, it's, it's unclear. They still have to potentially find new plaintiffs, other people who are being impacted in different ways. Um, and uh, But, for example, we spoke with uh, folks over the ACLU say they're going to continue to fight this no matter what. Um, so it really is round two. And this is, again, just the start of another long legal case that's going to be in the headlines for quite a while. Eric, they did lay out a better case, uh, national security justification for the order, saying it was needed because 300 people who entered the country as refugees were the subject of counterterrorism investigations. But as I understand it, they didn't link those 300 people to these countries that are in the order. That's correct. So uh, the judges in some of these cases uh, already pointed out to the government that they had failed to really give any indication of why people from these then seven countries were uh, a particular threat. And in one case, a federal judge in Alexandria said on the bench that she had begged them to give some evidence and that they never did. Um, so, uh, and like you say, it, does, it doesn't 
say exactly where those 300 people come from, although there is in the guidance that the government provided um, a reference to a Somali refugee who, who became a naturalized citizen and who was accused of trying to uh, blow up the Christmas tree lighting ceremony in Portland, Oregon in 2010. Sort of um, an interesting example that they highlighted. Eric, They've now moved from having seven countries to six on the list uh, the president has, and he the, Iraq is the country that was removed. Is there any explanation as to, um, even if they didn't link the, ter- the, the terrorist incidents that were being investigated or possible terrorist incidents being investigated to these countries, do they explain why it is that Iraq is no longer one of the countries included in the order? They do. They say that they were in negotiations with, with the Iraqi government, um, since basically since last month, uh, and that they got assurances about uh, their screening procedures, about Im- improvements and how um, they would be tracking people who had come to the U.S. from Iraq. Uh, and also they highlighted today in, in, at the press conference that, you know, they're an ally of ours in, in fighting ISIS and that we need to have close cooperation with them. And I think that was part of the driving driver for that potentially. But but the other countries do have a roadmap as well for getting off the list. At least it, it seems that way in the Q&A that was provided uh, that uh, they'll be given 50 days to address shortcomings in their procedures and that potentially that's how they'll get off the list. Well, that might take care of one of the Ninth Circuit's objections. Thanks so much for being with us. And you are following this every day, I know. Eric Larson, he's Bloomberg News legal reporter, uh, talking and writing about the Trump travel ban. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want optimized for higher level analysis and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com enterprise data to learn more.